If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Loudpipes.net slash donate. It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast centered around motorcycles, the motorcycle experience, and other automotive diversions. Recording from R-Dub Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever sufficient bandwidth can be located. Here's Rich Warfield and Rico Hogan. Loud Pipes episode 79. We're continuing our vintage conversation this evening. We had the missus last episode, and this episode we have the husband. And that is none other than Wyman Wacom. And we previewed that last episode with Diva, talking about her beautiful flathead that she rides and other vintage motorcycles. So let's bring the fellas in and get this thing going, Mr. Hogan. What's happening? What's happening, family? How are y'all doing this evening? Doing good, man. You Are you drinking with your guests tonight? Are you splitting a bottle of wine or what? Well, hell yeah, we're drinking. We're having a Carta Blanca. Carta Blanca. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah, yeah how's your Spanish? How's your Spanish coming? It's coming slow, slowly but surely, like Christmas. Wyman speaks, yeah. Wyman speaks fluent. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Imperial Par favor, cerveza. That's, nice. that's about the end of it. Pronto, <laughs> andale, <laughs> and that's after twenty-four years of living among Spanish people. So I'm a little embarrassed to say that. Oh. <laughs> uh. We have our technical director to keep us straight, or at the very least, keep us entertained. Mr. Miracle, what's happening? Not much, man. Not much. Trying to stay nice and toasty. Got a little chilly down here. Yeah, not near as bad as our friends up north, but hey, it is what it is, right? It's still winter. You got like a snow blizzard storm. Yeah, I'm waiting for my my brother and others to get on the the live stream, because he said they're approaching like 30 inches of snow. Yeah, we got 12 inches at our place Whoa. yesterday, so. That's yeah, it. it's uh, in 12 inches of snow. Well, you know, <laughs> that stops everything. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. done. No riding for a minute there. No, no. Out in the heavy plows. John, you got a bevy? I forgot to ask. Yeah, I do, man. I have a Henry's hard ginger ale. All right. Is that a beer or is that? Malt liqueur. Oh, let, let's let's see the bottle. Oh yeah, you guys got cameras tonight. Yeah, Henry's heart. Over a little bit of, Henry's heart. There we go. Let they'll do to sell the alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad, he says. And it's made with cane sugar too. Oh, so, Mister Warfield, are you drinking tonight? I am, and I have a complete surprise for you guys today. Another, another, another hot cakes? No, no, he's drinking wine. No, I'm drinking an IPA, but it stands for India Pressed Apple. Bold Rock Hard Cider. Oh, I had one of those the other day. I think it's my first, only first or second non-beer on the show. Well, congratulations. How was that? It's tangy. It's interesting. I wasn't expecting that kind of flavor. It's like, all right, well, good, good luck with that. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. 
All right, Mr. Hogan. So since you have our special guest sitting with you, I will toss the baton to you for the intro and we'll get back into some vintage conversation. So we're sitting here with Wyman Wacom from Wacom Cycles and your website is IndianRestorations.com. This is where they find you, right? When they're not in Canada. Correct. All right. So uh, tell us what's happening. I mean, what's going on, my friend? Uh, right now, we're uh, in the midst of restoring all sorts of different motorcycles. Right now, I'm doing one that happens to be uh 85 FLT, of all things. Said to the guy, you know, it's probably cheaper to buy a new motorcycle, but he's had this bike for 20, 30 years. Well, he's had it for a long time. <laughs> he wants to leave it to his son. And uh, so that's what we're doing right now. We're doing another Indian uh, military bike, which is kind of fun. With a sidecar. Oh, yeah, nice. I haven't done a bike with a sidecar in years because they're so hard to get all the right stuff for them. And um, you got to find a guy that really wants one, which happens to be me. <laughs> <laughs> so excuse me, but I'm just doing it for myself. And a lot of times when I'm, I build or restore yeah. bikes, when they're halfway through, someone walks in the shop and buys it. So this is kind of a whim bike. I've, I've had the sidecar around for years, and I just had to do something with it. So cool uh, let's take a step back i want to kind of you know pump you up a little bit more because y- you've been doing this for quite some time now how many years have you been restoring and building bikes 44 years 44 years yeah i mean i think you got it down packed by now i'm sure right you never do but you know <laughs> what you, you, expert you know a little bit more than you did right right years before so i think he's just being modest because he's been in tons of motorcycle magazines i think maybe Shoot, fifteen or so different magazines. Easy Rider, uh, Easy Rider, seven times. Biker Lifestyle, Indian magazines, uh, just all sorts of magazines that uh, want to use our bikes as just promos for other work. Uh-huh. You know, like uh, Ford deals, just commercial stuff. A lot of people are just into bikes for commercialism, but uh, we can fit the bill for them, so that's what we do. Yeah, that's awesome. Not only that, but you've gotten all kind of trophies and all kind of accolades from doing this for so long. I mean, wow. I mean, you, your trophy room must be huge. You know what? The ones that are in the shop are the current ones, and they're the ones that we got from Easy Rider because the trophies now are a little bit, they're cast and this and that. The old plaque ones, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, the, the particle board, we can't burn them, but, you know, it's <laughs> sacrilegious, but literally they just get, they're, piled in the barn it's just ridiculous you know mm. give them a second look you know something you know there's a check involved yeah it's a little <laughs> different story but it goes right into the banks so yeah what the heck in one hand yeah. out to the other that's right now you focus mainly on full correct restorations or you do a lot of customs nowadays as well i'm ready to do whatever comes into the shop and and sometimes we got for example, uh, we get a, a thing for Ford Motor Company where we had to do six bikes for them, and we had a four-month time period. It almost crippled my business because my regular customers that we we're dealing with kind of like understood that we we're doing this, you know, big job. But uh, and then it started getting repetitious. It just like. <laughs> Uh, you know, one. I didn't want to see another one, another one, another one. And so um, we bit that off. We've done a few things like that, but we like to mix up. 
you know, you get somebody coming in with an old shovel and he wants to put a springer on it and you know, disc brakes and, you know, rust the bike out. Hey, that's fun. And that, and what, what's I live for is different. You know, it's just, it's got to be different or it just gets so old so quick. I worked in Harley shops where all we were doing is warranty work and oil yeah. changes. Boy, that gets old fast. I can imagine. That's how I, that's how I, well, I quit that in 1980. Uh, I was a shop foreman at Harley shop back in 1980 and I opened up my shop in the next six months and I've never looked back, but, um, yeah, but you gotta, you know, get your teeth in something to start with. And mine was in a Harley shop, thank God. And well, it was the only place I was ever going to start because I had a Harley since I was 16 and, uh, my mother was buying parts for me. And then they say, hey, who are you buying the parts for? And they're going, <laughs> oh, my son. And, well, would he like a job? And next thing you know, I was 16 years old working in a Harley shop. And, you know, still going to high school, of course. But uh, mm -hmm. that's how I got, got into it and never turned back. So, you, so your website is called Indian Restorations. But I've, I've heard a lot of talk about Harley. Do you, do you have a favorite or you work on anything vintage? doesn't really matter oh no what, I, oh no we'll work on anything that i you know what i've restored a triumph bonneville for a guy that bought the bike the first day he got it in 1969 car pulled out and he wrote the bike off it wasn't his fault he came into my shop with that story you know 25 years later Wyman, i want you to you know do a bonneville i did it it was great fun mm -hmm. um don't go down that road too often, but uh, because everybody in the world knows how to work on a Triumph, because uh, they always break down. <laughs> but uh, the 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 Indian side, I'm gonna, you're going to get some feedback on that. But um, the Indians, boy, they're they're a they're a one start bike. They really are. You can get these panheads, and you know, after you mess with them, you're kind of going, you know, if anybody changes anything on an old Harley or Indian. Uh, carburation, we've been putting S&Ss on some old Indians, but they need that long, maturity carburetor to really suck the gas into the, you know, into the motor on those first couple of kicks, or you'll kick and kick and kick and kick and kick, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, take your jacket off, but uh, no, we send them out a one kickers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Or teach the guy, you know, how to do it. Right. All right, so let's talk about what's your bike and what do you ride? Ooh, which ones? Um, I have about ten bikes. So ah, the ones I always because I can't afford to keep insurance on all of them, I switch switch them around. I also have my FLT on the road in case the wife or the kids or someone you know go for a ride. But then when I want to get really raunchy or something, maybe I'll jump on my uh, Indian Rat. I got a thirty-seven Indian Rat that I took my son to the Grand Canyon. Good looking on it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, got a horse saddle for a seat, um, and it's wired with BX cable, and it's a wrap bike, but it's uh, it's a 93-inch motor, Gorilla Rods. It's got a Harley oil pump on it, Broder oil pump, so when you start the bike up, it's got over 100 pounds of oil pressure, Dope. and uh, electronic ignition. It's got the works, disc brakes, front and rear, but it's, it's a bad-looking motorcycle. It's like... Yeah, so that's kind of like my Marange machine when I really want to style, yep. jump on that. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, some days you don't want to, you know, look like a grub, so jump on something else. And that might, the latest one I built was my, oh, what was it? Oh, okay, it's a rigid frame, 58 Harley. It's got 108 cubic inch pan motor, the s, &S. It's an s, &S motor, but we did 
the pan conversion on it, belt drive, five-speed transmission, Harley Springer. Nice. It's, well, it's registered as a 58. I just rode it to Cody, Wyoming uh, a year ago. And um, with another friend of mine that we built a shovel, rigid frame, Springer front end, and we're not into front brakes or anything. So they're... We've noticed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, well, it's ridiculous on a Springer. You pull the brake on and the Springer's like jumping on. Chatters all around. Yeah. yeah, so, you know. You're overrated. Yeah, but on his bike, we had the accident front end on it. So it's a two inch longer front end to start with, but the bike's still only, you know, about three or four inches off the ground. But we put a shotgun pipes on it. So he's not grinding the pipes too much. Nice. That's just um, some of the stuff is, I imagine it's pretty hard to visualize, but, um, you yeah. know, it's, um, you know, and in the brass, we even, we have our own machine shop. So we do all our machining all our polishing, all our sandblasting. The only thing that we do farm out is the chroming. Okay. Believe it or not, we send a, send a lot of stuff. We used to send a lot of stuff to California uh, to get chromed. Uh, the chroming shops around North America are going by the wayside because of all the pollution. And then you just, we pre-buff buff the stuff because we can't afford to have somebody grind half of Indian off an air cleaner right. that's worth, you know, 300 bucks. And it happens. The guy goes, oh, there's no problem. You know, you know, send us a new one and we're kind of, it's like, it doesn't, there are no yeah. more. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. And it's just like, it's just, that's probably my worst thing in my whole business is the, is the planning part of it. Mm. It really is. Or the guys put too much chrome on the stuff and then we have to machine all the chrome off the surfaces. But yeah. You know, some bikes came with Chrome, so you got to put it back on there somehow. Now, with the with the auto industry that you have around, like Oshawa and, and places like that, where GM is building cars, is there anything there that you can use or leverage for your bikes, or no? Well, believe it or not, the Chrome shop that's like sixty miles from my house does all the Chrome plating for Harley Davidson. Mm. It's a state of the art factory. But everything's, you know, clamped down on a belt and it goes through automatic. Uh, and if you take them something that's, they can't do it because they're not on, it's got to be an automated, you know, they'll put a program together just to plate that one part. Yeah. But they're plating hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah. So your mom and dad's places, but then mom and dad are passing away and the kids don't want to take it on. And, and it's, on, yeah. it's an, it's, it's a problem. And all our other guys and, and the same type of thing that would use custom fabrication stuff, they're gone. It's, and it's not a joke and hmm. they're just dying <laughs> literally. Um, you know, and, and I'm coming up, buddy. <laughs> so we need, <laughs> but I, I'm going to yeah, feed it. I'm going to yeah. feed it for a couple more yeah, years, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm slowing down a little bit, dude. So we need the next generation to get out there and start wrenching, cutting things up. Kenny. That's yeah, the- yeah. And that's, I've talked to a lot of people about that. Um, and I've talked to people in the industry. And the biggest thing that I think the biggest problem is, is that I have built for my daughter a uh, shovel head, rigid frame, sports their front end, uh, dual shotguns, both sides of the bike, Ooh. three inch belt drive, $20,000 motorcycle. I price her out for a 250 Honda Rebel. I figured to get her on. Yeah. $3,000. $3,000. Yeah. You know, for the year. And that's the 250. Right. My son, the bike is registered in my name. He's got a soft tail, an A6 soft tail. Uh, they won't even insure him. Wow. Like they won't. And 
I've had customers come in with uh, Triumph Tritons, which is a pretty high horsepower motorcycle. Uh I look at them going, like, um, when are you going to get a Harley? Because I changed his oil for him. He says, man, when I turn 30 years old, they're going to let me insure the Harley. Can you believe that? Nice. 30 years old. (laughs) You know? Holy cow. And it's, yeah, if people really look into the industry, the biggest drawback or pullback of our young guys that are going to start doing this stuff is insurance. And, you know, we don't think about it because we don't think about it. Right. But when I found out with my daughter and my son, it's there. It's reality. Mm. So it's something to think about. It's, you know, not, you know, there's still a lot of guys out there and what they're doing is taking old Jap bikes and cutting those things up. Now I I did an Indian four once for a guy, $80,000 job. Uh, never rode the bike after we finished it. You won't find it on my website. Sorry. You know, the guy wanted me to do, of course we did a bunch of Harley work for him too. And, you know, we built him a ratty Indian. So, you know, slid the Indian on the side, but um, I really respect those guys that are doing that stuff, you know. Yeah, and I read, yeah, Chopper magazines, and uh, yeah, more power to them and keep those guys out there because you know, but you don't see any 17 or 18 year old kids out there, they're all you know, right? Yeah, as long as, as long as people are you know making the bike their own, I mean, I think that's still that's still a cool thing. I mean, you see a lot of people now, or a lot of younger kids now, when they start driving, they don't really have any desire to customize the car it's just transportation for them you know if they're driving at all that's i guess that's the other thing (laughs) in united states you're only allowed one custom build in your life you guys know that what you can only Rico. if you want to build a custom bike you can build one custom bike and if you sell it you can never build another one Yes, they brought that in about three years ago. Harley Davidson was pushing because all these custom manufacturers making motorcycles and they limit it for one person because of getting around the EPA laws and all the brake laws mm-hmm. and all this stuff. That's one custom per life. That yeah. So sucks. if you talk about limiting stuff, so what you have to do, yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. You know, that, that guy, if he sells that bike, he has to buy another custom from somebody else that's already done and then change it. You know, you can change it after you buy it, but you're going to have to put out the money to buy that title. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. I think that's the thing is you'll, you just need a VIN, right? You just need a piece of the frame with the VIN number and correct. Correct. But you know, but then you, you know, but you know, (laughs) everything, you know, you can't go and get your custom, uh, you know, frame built and, you know, get it registered, you know, the way we do builds for guys. So, It's 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 a little drawback. That's why the the and what I find with the antique bikes, if you throw twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in an antique motorcycle, you're going to get your money back. Mm. It's like putting money in the bank. You're going to ride it. Yep. It's not going to go down the road. If you get a you know s s motor with a custom frame disc brakes you spend sixty thousand dollars on it day you pull it out of your shop you can't get a dollar for it you know the insurance companies don't even want to see you number one but with the, <laughs> with the antique motorcycles it's a good investment i think it is see see rico in my uh seven plus one or what we might start calling eight days a week is my uh wlc Oh, perfect, oh, but yeah. you got W, yeah, yeah, and that's good because you got a civilian ones because you realize now that all the guys that wanted the WLAs, 
are all dead now. Yeah. We're not riding. We lost a whole bunch of guys that would come into my shop and say, yeah, I want this military bike restored. It was like, you know, World War II, you know. Nobody walked in World War II. They all rode motorcycles. <laughs> but <laughs> that's another shop joke. But, um, yeah, we, we when guys come into my shop, I can almost tell the year they were born by the year <laughs> motorcycle they want. You know, wow. because they want the bike, you know, 53, and then we've lost those guys. Now we're up to, you know, 60s. Actually, 70s. we're into the 70s almost, right? Wow. And I just got it. I just bought an H1 Kawasaki the other day, 1970 H1. Nice. Because I was around a lot of guys at the time. That's and awesome. They were like unbelievable machines, right? That's when times changed, right? Pick up a bike for 1100 bucks and, a, you know, do a wheelie from, for four blocks in a row, right? Right. <laughs> Sounds like my Harley. No, no. <laughs> not hardly. <laughs> you could hang on to it. I know guys could take an old shovel head, stand the bike right up, and go completely down the street with a stock motor. Yeah, you just got to have that false that drop that clutch. And once <laughs> it comes and hang on. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah, it comes up, it. that that's a lot of weight oh, yeah. to get going in the wrong direction. Oh yeah, that's a lot of poop in your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you start thinking about them forks when the front end's got to come down. You're like, hmm. Well, the, yeah, well, I saw it happen to my buddy who was right beside me. I was, I was married. I just got married, went on a honeymoon, came back. He's like, oh, come on, why? let's go to the bar. Da, da, da. It was in the afternoon. We get out on the road. He's got a sportster. I hear him rev it up, pull the clutch in, drop a gear, and that bike stood right up. It tore the taillight off the rear fender. The only thing <laughs> that kept him coming over was the exhaust pipe was digging into the ground, throwing crap in my face. The next week, we got back into the shop we were working on, and three guys, we picked the bike up, and that bike was was over, backwards. Wow. But just because of the inertia of it, and then when Albert came down and hit the gas tank with his groin, he caved the back of that sportster tank. Oh, oh yeah, man. Right. He totally, he, he, what he did when I went on my vacation is he put a set of four and five, eight wheels in it, set of sifting cams. He didn't change the carburetor. And yeah, so he was he was showing off, right? But he those things got so much torque, man. It's like a you know a Norton, man. You drop the hammer on those things, they're coming up, right? But you just That's gotta, incredible. You gotta have the balls to do it. Yeah. Well, my balls are small, so I ain't never got to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, and what what, uh, what did I say? You're riding a Winnebago. Yeah, yeah. A mini. We've mini. done a lot of a lot of Indians. Let's see another uh, picture. of Rico's kind of slid up on the screen here, yeah. but it's a 1940 Indian military. Now, those things, I had no idea how hard it was going to be restoring one of those things. Really? Because when you get right down to the nitty-gritty and the guys, you know, when they were strong, we had to get the case to hold the Thompson machine gun on the front forks. Yeah. And David Safari was nice enough. He didn't have one, but he was nice enough to give me the blueprints for one. Some of the stuff you have to yeah, get down and refabricate it and some guys will go you know the purists will go oh, i wouldn't put it on the bike unless it was you know well, you know what man i don't have all the time and energy you know sometimes you just gotta make this stuff yourself yeah you can't buy the original grips you can't buy the original there's so much original stuff you want you gotta you know some anyhow i'm a purist and we do it but once in a while we gotta remanufacture the stuff but when it's when it goes out the door yeah, it looks like the day it came out of the Indian factory door. Wow. Yeah. One so, of my bikes. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to ask, you know, this is, you know, as me and Rich, you know, I ride Indian. Rich rides a Harley. Now, talking to someone like yourself who's, who's worked on both, 
for so many years. Which bike do you think? This has always been a question of mine. Which bike do you think will be the better investment and easier to work on? The quality of it, I guess, is what I'm trying to get down to. It's just which bike would you prefer to to have and work on? Not only that, but the value. The you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, yeah. Well, yeah. That's okay. So I had one of my bikes was a '53 Indian. Last year, Indians was made. Uh, the thirteenth last bike that was made, all com- you know, it was it was a real deal. Right. Um, I had a guy bought it for me. He didn't even care if it ran or not. He collects '53 Indians, and um, if I had if I had the choice between the bikes. I love. Oh my god! I love my. I love my knuckleheads. My knuckleheads are favorite. My wife's flathead eighty nineteen thirty nine that she talked about last week. Right. Absolutely drove it to New Orleans. Drove it to Sturgis. High heat, just kept on running. That's awesome. I mean, aluminum heads. You know. I mean, that bike just keeps on going. So I mean, yeah. If I wanted a bike to ride to Alaska on, it'd probably be a Harley. I mean, but if you're doing the speed limits and this and that, the Indians are so much more classic. Oh, man, you pull them in. People are all over you. I mean, the Harleys, everybody's, because some years, Indian only made a couple hundred bikes. Right. You know, that was in the later years. But they were down. The production was so low. And most of them stayed on the East Coast. You know, yeah. not a lot of them went to the West Coast. It was a rare individual to, you know, have an Indian on the West Coast. So wow. I would say dollars for donuts. If I was into having a bike that you just people drove over as an Indian and they do start and they do run bike and they grind a little bit when you go through the gears. But if you upgrade it uh, nowadays, you know, with some other things, and that's the same with the Harleys because of the unleaded fuel, yeah. it's an issue. Right, but it's out there, and uh, I, I would say Indians. What I do, yeah. the knuckleheads right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'll be my choice of two knucklehead motor. I was going to say there's such a void, though. You know, if you go from the original Indian, what would you say the last year was fifty three? Fifty three. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a pretty serious void from there until you know modern day bikes. Right. You know, there's a whole another 50 years of, of bikes that you, oh, you can't a, a get. Oh, that you could restore? Or like in what constants are you talking about that you can't get? Well, like there's no, there's no Indians in the 60s or the 70s is kind of what I'm getting at. Like oh, there's, no. No, there's a big void right? where you can't get an Indian at all. And I think that's what makes the old ones so valuable. That's kind yeah, of what well, I'm getting at. But look at the styling. I mean, the, the, the styling of an Indian with those fenders yeah and 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 the tanks the way they sweep in yeah. oh my god Beautiful. nobody's recreated it kawasaki tried with the drifter i mean and i'm not knocking rico's new bikes but because of the disc brakes they have problems putting the calipers in so yeah. you start getting you know you start getting stuff but you you jump home, and those bikes are fairly light too right mm-hmm. i mean leather saddlebags you put you know you start Bikes nowadays are all you know six, seven, eight hundred pounds. An Indian, you know, top with all its weight on it, would be five and change. Right? Yeah, wow. 
you know, so you, you get a little bit different there. I'm not defending anything. I'm just kind yeah. of throwing it out there, yeah, right? Yeah. Now we've done some other stuff too. Is we took a we took a 1938 Indian and we put a Harley motor in it. Nice, yeah. So and uh, we called it the half breed, right? Because it was nice. half Harley, half Indian, right? <laughs> in France, we got a magazine article. Uh, France done on the bike. They went around and and, and uh, took pictures of the top motorcycles, the top hundred motorcycles of the world, and they called that bike. And we got it featured in their in their book. It was they called it Le Bastard. Le Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the French thing, right? We got a big kick out of that. That's funny. But there, so we took the Indian and we brought it, you know, similar to the um, companies in the United States have, you know, brought them up to the, you know, state of the art types, right? Right. And that's what it's all about nowadays. But there's so much stuff out there you can, you can just have fun with, right? right. I think motorcycles are fun. I mean, there's guys, yeah. diehards, that, you know, ride everywhere. They got their wings and they got their, you know, touring bikes, BMWs and stuff like that. More mm -hmm. power to them. But right. uh, it's not my cup of tea. All right, have you done any of the like iron butts and battle sword type things? Um, uh, you know what? We're, believe it or not, we never get the information on any of that stuff until after it's over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we're up again, but you, you gotta be so on top of that stuff. I'm, I'm really want to do the, um, the Death Valley thing on the Indian, and I've been threatened. You know, telling myself I got to take my rap bike down there and just do that. So hopefully they keep that going and I can make that event. But once again, I'm also, you know, two kids running a shop. Keeps I don't get. Yes, yes, it does. If I, you know, I can make I make it a few shows. I do this and that. And then once in a while, I just close the shop doors up and we take two or three weeks off. But uh, the rest of the time, our season's pretty short and we got to really bring the dough in and, you know. Right. Our seasons can get down to four or five months, you know, wow. depends what the weather's like. Right. That's In rough. the last couple of years, even through the United States, it's been raining a lot. Mm -hmm. Guys aren't, you know, burning their tires out. They're not taking, you know, they don't need to get to, and it, well, we know it. Right. <laughs> it's right. like, whoa, you know, because a big part of any motorcycle shop is, for us, is, you know, maintenance on bikes. It's right. know, easy money, right. you know, right. and servicing bikes that you've built over the years. Right. Yeah. You got to come down towards Charlotte and ride a little bit more. Well, that's what uh, Rico's been threatening here. I've got to go down to the Barber Museum. I've got to make it down to the Barber Museum. So we're talking maybe in in October if we do something in uh, Kentucky, we might ride down to the Barber Museum. Check that out. Yep. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, sir. <laughs> you got to put a coin in Just the Just filling up the cup. Hey, Barber. Oh, oh is, that, is that what that is? <laughs> If any of you guys seen the, did any of you see the Guttenheim uh, Museum thing years ago there, New no. York City or Chicago or no. whatever? No, that was about it. It was. Well, I, I'm just selling secondhand. I'm just right. asking you off yeah. the side. My friends yeah. saw it, this and that. Okay, but that was. Yeah, yeah, check that out too. So we, yeah, we got a we got a write in from the chat room. So Jebby wants to know what's the oldest bike you've restored, if you know offhand. The old. Okay, the oldest bike, I didn't restore it, but I took it, and I got it running. And it was a 1917 Indian Power Plus, nice. and I rode it around. And that was an 80 cubic inch. Whoa. I mean, this thing's not a little puppy dog. And I had it, had to take the entire mag apart, 
parts were missing. Went down to my barn and found the parts for the mag. I had to take the magnet, and it looks like a magnet, out of the magneto, take it to a shop, have it re-energized. Did a bunch of stuff to it and fired up. I got it. My son got me on video. And so, yeah, that was now the second oldest, though, before that. Done a couple 39s, probably 39s. I don't like to get restoring bikes that people can't actually ride. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to sell them a bill of goods and say, oh, yeah, I'll restore your 1922. But by the way, you got to turn the oil on when you're going down the road and shut it off because it's got no oil pump. And, you know, I'm not into that, you know, that I'm not that old yet. (laughs) (laughs) I like to ride what I can do, but this one came in. So 1917 was the oldest bike I worked on and actually got it riding and rode it around. That was kind of wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Along the same lines, what, What's sort of the most exciting or interesting project? Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. I, I wanted to know what your most exciting project was, mainly from like a passion standpoint. You know, a project that you just sort of poured your heart and soul into and and you didn't really care what the outcome was. You just loved working on that motorcycle. If there's a particular model that meets that, what was it? Mm, I built... I built a 1940 sports car. This guy? Yeah. It was a bobber. And we stroked it. We put the chief flywheels in the 750 and made it a 900. Is it on the site? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's hot. I walked into a, I went to the Easy Rider bike show. And, you know, you never know how the shows, this is in Columbus, Ohio. This is a big show. And uh, the editor walked in the washroom, you know, what a place to meet. And <laughs> he says, hey, man, I think you're going to like this. I think you're going to like this show. And, of course, he gave me editor's choice of the whole bike show from Ohio. Nice. And it's, that, was a, I, that was a passion. I got the original straight pipes from the wow, Indian yeah. factory. Uh, those aren't knockoffs. They're the real deal. Uh, they were done. Of course, they were done by Bob Stark, but Bob Stark was a stickler for making stuff right. Right. And uh, that bike is in my shop right now, and it's so light, and it's so fast. We made the cams for it. We did this. We did that. And that thing's just, and it's a one kick, just get on it. And yeah, that was a passion bike. That was that took, and I had to get frames, bits of frames from all over the United States. Because the problem was, everybody took those bikes and turned them into flat trackers, mm. so they all had better idea how it was going to go around the corner quicker. Well, they just cut these frames up; they're <laughs> two piece frames, and so it was it was a it was a job doing that bike. Wow! So this is if you're looking at the site, it's the second from the bottom on the left. Yeah, gray and black. It's got a naked girl riding a bomb, going <laughs> little, little Indian. Oh, it's, I like uh, that. We took out, we, we Argus shot, and we got her perched upon this atomic bomb, you know, because that was the period, you know, yep. and period piece thing. So it's 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 a nice piece. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed. It looks I yeah, that thing took took me more than no. I built it for myself because. Yeah, I built it, and of course, then I sold it later. But uh, yeah, to have somebody come in, I wouldn't know if I kept an hour on it. 
be a thousand dollars, you know. Yeah. Wives, what are you doing? I'm just don't work on a sports car at the barn, you know. Are you making any money? No, you know. I'm having fun though. But yeah, that was fun. That that bike was fun. Actually, all my bikes are fun. I get locked up out there. And we just get crazy. That military bike I was talking about earlier, yeah. in 1940. It's not on my website yet, but it's the same as the the bike that's pictured on my website, except it's got the sidecar. Yeah. And the beauty is that we have a picture hanging in the shop of my wall where the the thing is the Indian chiefs never made it to World War II. No. They never made it out of Canada. They became military police bikes. And I've got a picture with seven of them on the street in downtown Toronto with the lieutenant governor of Canada inspecting them. And it was a cold winter day because none of the guys looked like they were having too much fun. <laughs> and they all had sidecars on them. Now, the serial number of this bike is CAV, which stands for Canadian Army Vehicle, hmm. 5,000, 5,001. And um, I have a bunch of CAV motors in my shop, but of course, I don't have the rest of the bikes for them. And then I found the sidecar, and it was in the sidecar. So it didn't take too much for me to marry, the, well, match them together, right. except, you know, find all the cast parts to hook the sidecar on. So I do have now, which I'm threatening the wife, I'm going to leave and take off to Alaska next summer on it, which I just <laughs> might well do. Yeah, I'll, I'll come with you. She'd probably but follow you from what we've heard. <laughs> yeah, but I, no, <laughs> hopefully not. But I stroked it, I stroked it out to 80 cubic inches because the problem with the 74 uh, inch motors in the sidecar, there's just no power. It's mm. just so godless. It's just make you sick this this one there's another one a 47 on my website uh indian chief the sidecar that we totally restored and the thing with doing a sidecar restoration it's almost like restoring another motorcycle there's as much paint bodywork, mechanical brakes and you got to make it right because if not the guy's going on into the rhubarb you know so uh yeah i forgot about that bike. i did that years ago i found but, your project uh, rico he has that? the 1940 Indian four. Oh yeah. Yeah. You look at was, it oh. because it has that yeah. leaf spring front end that you like. Yes. And the smooth yes. lines is first year, the full fenders last year, the leaf front end 40 was the biggest transition year for Indian. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that it was also the first year with, if you notice it had the springs, the plunger frame at the back. Yep. So it had the plunger at the back, had the leaf on the, on the, and it had the full fender. That's fenders, the hardest fenders in the world to find is they're narrower than the girder fenders. And, um, yeah, that, that, that Indian four I had, I had it in my shop. Oh, I just, I have a couple of beers, walk over, people be standing there. I reach down and I just, I just start the bike. I start with my arm. You start with your hand? Yeah, I start with my arm. I can start a lot of bikes with my arm. Um, yeah, no, uh, uh, 45, so you go to 45, there's no reason you can't start that every day of the week with your arm. Um, pan heads, no problem starting with my arm. That was so simple to start with my arm. It's unbelievable. Wow. Just so kick it once down, twice down, turn the key on, give it a full shot, make sure your arm's straight. Boom. Wow. That blows people's minds. Oh, and yeah. especially when the throttle's on, on the left-hand side, you see, so I could operate the throttle without leaning over the bike you see because all the indians have got the throttle on the uh, left, -hand. left hand side why is that you know yes uh because the indian really catered towards the police departments they and every brochure if you ever see it they got their gun out shooting the bad guy with the right, right hand, hand and yep. they still got control of the motorcycle with the left hand all right yeah so that's what that was all about
That's in the book. Yeah, tell, tell me about this. Yeah, I know. The motor, it looks like a beast in this four. The motors, they're, they're huge motors. They're held down at four points with four bolts. Um, not a lot of brains. They used them in airplanes. The same motor was used in an airplane. They used them in boats. The only thing is the transmission was missing off the back. And a lot, of side, a lot of people say, oh, I got an Indian four motor. And you go over and you find out it's out of a boat <laughs> or, you know, or maybe out of an airplane. But the motor has got a flywheel in it like a car. Um, it's basically a car motor turned sideways. And if you're – almost happened to me a couple of times in the shop. I'd be showing off for having the bike up. And the bike's almost flipped over because of the torque of the flywheel going the other way. Yeah. So that every time you go up the road and shift, the bike literally lurches over to the one side. Which is, you know, after you get used to it, you start leaning that way and then right. shift so you don't like right. literally flip yourself <laughs> over. It's like, you wow. know, but they were um, big dollars for one of those things. You know, now they're they're going around seventy five to eighty thousand dollars. That that's Rico though. Wow. That's got Rico written all over it. Yeah. Oh no, for sure, man. Some guys have taken, you know, of course. You know, I'm not telling people that don't know they're listening to us, but they've, you know, taken another Indian form motor, cut it in half, and made them a six cylinder. <laughs> oh, you know, but, you know, guys always go, wow, well, you know, the <laughs> two broken motors, so I'll just, I pay more power to them. I don't yeah. care. It's, you know, but yeah, it's a, you know, it's like a Valkyrie, you know, a great yeah. big, you know, huge, huge motorcycle by the end. Right? What was yeah. that? That Honda CB that was a six cylinder, but it was wide. It was an inline oh, six. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I forget that was called. CBX. That's it. Yeah, CBX, six cylinder. Oh, man. One of my friends had one of those motorcycles. On the frame. He was. Oh, yeah. And you had to careful when you leaned around the corner because you'd grind the side (laughs) side of the motor off. Oh, no. (laughs) Wicked. Uh Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's always something new and exciting out there. But, um, right. Yeah. Oh, geez. That was the same bike before we did the paint job. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, we've we built some bikes in the last two years that are not on my website. My website has to be updated. Uh, and um, we're going to a lot of shovel heads now, doing shovel heads, yeah. uh, um, you know, getting the new style heads and then building the motors up and going back really old school, you know, no front brakes, high eight hangers, lots of brass. Um, we had one that we took to the Milwaukee. And apparently we got a comment from one of the higher ups in the Harley Davidson world going, check this out. <laughs> <Nice>. Right. <laughs> we got that one we came out of the museum and uh we were quite tickled, you know, that yeah. we got the attention, you know, at the Harley factory of one of the bikes that I built sitting in the parking lot. So awesome. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the the shovel heads. Is that sort of the trend that you're seeing in in the custom yeah. world, because we're, yeah. we've talked about mm-hmm. the big wheel bagger thing and, you know, I, I get it. The bikes look nice, but we're kind of hoping that that wanes off and something else takes Oh, I think it'll fall off faster than whatever. I don't think it ever got a start, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, not my world, I mean. Yeah, not, vi- not in that vintage stuff, yeah. <laughs> I have my 37 wrap bike. Um, I've had been a sturgeon with that a couple of times. I get waved right inside the bars. Uh, bring that bike right in here and park it right in the center of our bar and it'll sit here all day and we'll look after it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you're not getting out with one of those bikes, but you know, I'm not throwing stones at big brick houses, but I mean, come on, if you run out of stuff, I mean, bigger's not better, you know, right. and it doesn't work any better. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't run front brakes and spring and front ends because the front brakes never worked on the things to start with. So we're not, you're not, and they're you're not, not losing much. Yeah. And they're not, a, it's not against the law to ride a 36 to 48 with a spring or front end in the state of California with no front brake because it was proven that they don't work. Wow. I mean, you can pull them in until they touch the handlebars <laughs> and you're going, what the heck, right? Right. I got my 47 uh, custom, well, my 47 knucklehead. Uh, I rode it clear all the way across the united states uh no front brakes uh peanut gas tank had a little gas tank strapped on the back of my <laughs> sissy bar yeah sure when i was in the state of Illinois, uh louisiana i was a little dicey that you know some <laughs> you know trooper or somebody pulled me over and I noticed that i never did so you know what i just right you never give a thought but never take your foot off the brake never take your hands off the handlebars yeah <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's some laws about running with no front brake. There's a couple things you pick up on real quick, right? right? <laughs> That's but cool. There's the. Uh, I'm having fun here uh, talking about these bikes because Rico's sitting here feeding me all these pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like part part reminiscing, part storytelling. Oh, it is. Oh no, totally, totally. We're looking at you know. 30, 40 years of, you know, well, thank God, you know, all the bikes. The problem is years ago, we never took any pictures. I know what you guys, well, nowadays right. with cameras, is, right. nowadays with the phones, but back then, nobody had a camera, let alone anything, right? right. Yeah. Pack of cigarettes, and that's all we needed, right? Right. But, um, yeah, some of this stuff is uh, is great. But, yeah, that uh, that knucklehead, it uh, it took uh, Top Bike in Columbus, Ohio, Easy Rider Bike Show. Wow. Yeah. Love all the top customs in the United States. I love that tank. Oh, the peanut tank. Oh, yeah. it's just, they just such form fitting tanks. And I had dual Lincoln carburetors on that bike. What? Yeah. You can't, uh, can't you can't really, really see, yeah. but if you dial, somebody dials right in on that thing, that's dual Lincoln's hanging off that thing. That thing, the same as my Indian. Uh huh. I don't care what kind of new bike you got. You're not keeping up with me because I'm only <laughs> weighing 400 and some pounds yeah. and I'm a light guy to start with and we're going. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, my Indian on the 93 inch, I don't shift that thing into uh, third gear until in 75, 80 miles an hour. That's what they up. scream. Yeah. They scream. And because they're flatheads, you can't drop the valves. So that's right. the thing is right. the flatheads. You just keep on pouring it on your W L. Uh, see, yeah, they're fun bikes. You can just you can't blow them up, you know, and they'll just slap the heads, but they won't blow up. So you wow. just keep on feeding them as much, you know, and you then just crank it, it until it stops picking up speed. And then you, should. yeah, and then if you have to start pulling the choke on a little bit, you know, get a little more gas because you know, on the older, on the older, um, Indians and Harleys, there was a double venturi. So basically, what happens, you're driving around town and you reach down to the carburetor because there's no air cleaner and you pull this little clip out. And it increases the size of the maturity to let more air into it. Nice. Wow. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty. And the 1917 that I did the Indian, it had no throttle cables. It was all gear and crank okay. down to the, down to the carburetor uh -huh. and to the uh, magneto to do the event. Wow. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to be on the side of the road trying to figure that out if mm -hmm. you've ever bent your handlebars. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we covered the oldest bike you've worked on. And this is kind of a two-parter. What's the newest bike you've worked on, and what's the newest bike you've ridden? <laughs> oh, well, the newest bikes, I mean, well, oh, well, okay, I got a 205 is that your Ultra road Classic. Came? Yeah, but I stripped it. <laughs> oh, I got in the shop. That's what we used to do to my boss's. That's what we did to my boss's bike 
every time a brand new Harley would come in, he had a brand new, well, he owned a Harley shop, right? Right. So, but he was older and we get a big FLH in and we tear everything off. We tear off the bag, lighten them up, right? Because right. they're too heavy. Yeah. And that's what I did with the FLT. Of course, you know, you know, the new Harleys, I put the fueling oil pump in. I did all the cams, you know, all that stuff that we sell to customers. Right. And uh, that's just my daily new style, you know, get a couple squares of beer. That's pretty cool. Dual yeah. nitrous nitrous oxide on the front of that. Anyhow's um yeah, those are nitrous oxide bottles right. on the front of that. So, I, I built that I gave that to my wife for Christmas. What? Had it under the Christmas tree. Gave this to D. Build this I build this shovel head, rigid frame shovel. <laughs> now I had it all set up with Indian stuff. So it had it, you in about twenty minutes you could put the Indian floorboards on, the Indian saddlebags, the seat Dual nitrous oxide cylinder strapped to the front tubes. I built it for, and I put it in the, in the living room awesome. at the Christmas tree. And she walks in, walks out. Oh, come, <laughs> on, oh, come on, come on, something's got to happen here. And then it's like, you know, let her walk in again. Finally, it was like punch her in the shoulder and go, hey, what do you think of the new coach? And ah, you know, this and that, right? <laughs> Anyhow, so that was her uh, little Christmas present. If everybody gets a chance to look at that. And uh, that was the Wolf Machine. Wow. But that was another. Love rigid frames. Love them. You wow. can go into the cordon. I'm trying to get my friend to. He says he's going to give it to me. It's a 1955 Morgan wooden frame. Cool. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Came from uh -huh. Ohio. From a doctor. Uh -huh. Bought it in 55. He bought it. Uh, Malcolm bought it in 63. He went over to the Morgan factory, found the registration and everything. And Malcolm says he's going to give it to me. Has me driven since 63. Wow. I said, well, we'll have to get it over and we'll, you know, put new brake lines on. He says, no, Ivan. It's all mechanical. I'm going right back to our original rigid frame. Rigid frame car, uh -huh. my Morgan. And so, yeah, I'm going to die in the Morgan or an original friend knucklehead <laughs> or something. So that'll be it. In a good way, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> That's awesome. The bike he's talking about is at the bottom of the page, um, bottom to the right. It's got the little wolf, a full moon and a yeah, wolf, wolf, uh, a wolf. Yeah. A wolfy on the side. That's bags. an 88. But going back to the new bikes, oh, man, I'll tell you what. We, you can't do anything to them. The, the the fuel systems we can't change anything without tearing everything off and the newer ones we just shudder sometimes and the new Harleys right now and in a top line with big inch motor in Canada right now is going for about forty five thousand dollars Canadian you imagine yeah yeah Canadian because that's from America but you know it's got the custom it somebody just came in my shop in November and said oh you got to go to Jay Cox and see this new thing and I'm going I'm not gonna even bother to going in there they were buying parts so this is a Harley shop. If you're riding a bike in the United States, the last place you want to go into is a new dealership. You want to try to find yourself a custom shop. Indie shop. You go in there and say, I want 60 weight off. They'll look at you like you got a hole in the head. I want an inner tube for my bike. <laughs> you got a hole in your head. <laughs> They're like, what? Uh, I, want a, I want a spark plug. No, they don't have anything. Mm. Oh, they'll sell you, you know. A pair of shoes. I go in there and buy a pair of shoes. Oh, are these good range shoes? Oh, they're great. You know, she's in, uh, telling me all this stuff. 15 minutes later, you know, I'm soaking wet. My new booties, right? <laughs> no, they don't. You got to find You got to find a custom shop. You got to find somebody that works on motorcycles. They can't do a damn thing. 
You go in there and you've got a broken part and they won't even have a welder in the shop because it's a liability thing because we can't weld that part. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm stuck. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah so I'm, um, I was, I worked in Harley shops from uh, 1973 to 1980 and I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm. When we, when I went to Harley school in Milwaukee, uh, no, they taught us all the stuff, but then they spent three days on liability stuff. Oh. And it, it, we, we were up to our teeth. And, you know, you can't you can't change this. You can't change this. You can't do this. If somebody doesn't want this put on their bike, even if it's a safety recall, they got to sign this and this and this. And finally, I just, you know, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm out of here. This And the bikes when you make across the country because in 1979, all the valves are sticking. and and you couldn't even, I couldn't even with a good feeling, you know, the guy's going to go across the country. I mean, okay, it's a 3,000 mile trip. The guy wouldn't make it home. Mm. Oh, yeah. Bike shutting off because the electronic ignition, somebody on the CB radio would do something and it would shut the Harley off. You, you're going down the what? interstate and your Harley shuts off. <laughs> you don't hear this stuff, but when you're working in a Harley shop, right. they're going to send a contract out on you now. But uh, no, 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 but you know what I'm we'll saying. This is just. This is stuff. Well, it's not hearsay stuff. I was in a goddamn shop working on this guy, right? right? You know. Anyhow, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Is that custom? Still, I don't know that that's still the case with the the newer bikes, right? I mean, what's that? I mean, as far as reliability, I mean, I've never turned a wrench on my 07. You know, in terms of oh no, yeah, 07. But have you done the cams in it? No, no. How many miles on it? 30, 30 some thousand. Okay, you're right at the money. 40,000 miles, man. You've got to be putting those. That's what everyone in. says. It's, it's going to start well, pulling apart. <laughs> you, you got, you know, well, you got the hydraulic ones in there, right? But the bearings still go. 07 was the first year they put the hydraulic tensioners and stuff in it, right? But you know what? I've seen guys go, but the thing is, is when they do go, your motor shot. Yeah. You know, if you get in yeah. there, you, you know, you cut it out, it costs you maybe a thousand bucks, and then you can ride forever, you know, but you yeah. got to take a little peekaboo in there, right? Just and we're, we're totally off the record here, but I'm just telling you flat out, man, do it. <laughs> just get in there, you know, and nothing else. Replace those I and N bearings in the cam covers and Thorntons, and you know, just put the S and S cam upgrade bearing kit in it. down the road, and you'll ride it forever. Yeah, from that point on. From that point on, you won't have a problem. But they screwed up with those I and N bearings, and they screwed up in the in the shovel heads. And when they started putting them in, they ran the same bearing until like 1970, 1977, 78, and they put the INN. But with the INN, it's got a different cage. So there's bearing every other bearing instead of full bearing. Okay. It can't take the load. And it just burns the, the end of the cam off because there's too much load on there. Oh. And Harley knew it. So they were just making the money off that stuff. And they went and put in the twin cams again. Duh. Ah. Some bitches. Oh, I know it. Oh, no. Your Indian doesn't have them, right? Yeah, no. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. no, the 77s, are, the 07s were great. They had the automatic chain. The only thing is those automatic chain attentions and the bikes that they put in the 07s, they wear out. They're finding, no, they're getting too tight and they're oh. pulling the bearings out of the transmissions. So we're pulling those out and just putting the Hayden, the uh, spring loaded mm -hmm. ones in. Yeah, there's been a lot of trouble in the last two years huh. with those. What happens is if you get on it really fast, it just double clicks and it's oh, too, too tight. tight. Yeah, and instead of you know, mm. it doesn't wind. All it does is put a load on the transmission bearings and it's pulling the, the transmission bearings oh, out of the bikes. Shoot. 
Oh, yeah. There's always something. There's always something. I, I'm getting too old for that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Rich, we know you don't get on it hard at all. No, I ride it. No, like no. Baby. no, he's only got thirty-seven thousand, like a puppy. <laughs> it's an old seven, right? God Almighty, when did you buy it? With well, I had a year ago. I had two kids <laughs> in between there, so huh? that slowed two me kids? down. Yeah. Well, then throw them on the back. I took my daughter to the Grand Canyon on, the, on my 05. They're getting there, a trip, man. They're getting there. My oldest is eight, so I bought it just before he was born. Yeah, nine years old, man. Just put her, put her on the back. One day we're going through Arizona. I look back, and she's not there. <laughs> oh, oh no, I freaked out. <laughs> she put her, she put her legs up on the top of the saddlebag lids, and scared that crap out of me. Oh. One time with my wife, I'm in Nebraska oh. someplace. We pull in with my 108. I'm going up the road, and I'm going, is this the turn on to get back on the highway? She didn't talk to me. I go, oh, God, new deer in this morning, right? Oh, I look back. She wasn't there. Left her in the gas station. <laughs> she was just getting on the bike with her leg over the seat, and I took off because these guys are wanting to see how fast my bike would go. And I, I was too embarrassed to pull back in the gas station. I had to get her to come across the street to get back on the bike. Because I wasn't going to pull back in there and listen to those guys. You know, you took off leaving your old lady there. You know, not like I didn't want to. But, you know, <laughs> it was a classic. True story. Oh, my God. I was still living that day down. It was just my embarrassment, right? right. My embarrassment of going back, you know, what do you think this is the way to get on? I couldn't hear it because, you know, it's in the morning. You got the Lansing jackets on. You're all bundled up, you know. Yeah. And I never felt it get off on the bike. Off the just bike, took off. whatever. I was hilarious, man. I just took off, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. And made it like, oh man, I mean, I'm talking not a half a mile, but I made a good ways, <laughs> good quarter mile, right? Eh? Oh yeah. She was done. Oh, is he hurt now? <laughs> oh no, no. She was sitting there with her arms crossed, you know, and this and that, you know. And I was going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, anyhow, so I was okay. giving you one more minute. You know. <laughs> She aggravated you all the way home, I bet. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> aggravated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got an aggravator pin, one of those space ones with a little compass in it yeah. that goes all wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, we've ridden a, long, a lot together, and she's a great person. That's another thing with our riding. Uh, we're in New Orleans. She's on her uh, 39. I'm on my uh, 47 knuckle hip. And, uh, we're going across about 10 miles of bridge and then she's like almost crying and then it's raining and then she's going, what's that up ahead yelling at me? And I go, I don't know. And it was one of those metal bridges that they open up. Oh, oh, with the grit. Oh. And of course, because I'm riding classic motorcycles, I've got Ava on front and rear, right? Oh. The Mark II in the back and the Speedmaster on the front. And you just got to lock your arms step, right. man, because yeah. it just goes. <laughs> and if there's any screw ups, you are done. You know, and she yeah. rode through it like a trooper. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we've done a lot of riding. She's uh, her and a girlfriend of mine. I restored a '39 Indian that's on my web page for Bonnie Huff. We saw that. Was, okay. uh, yeah, she worked for. Uh, she was the secretary for Easy Rider for um Ball. Yes, and the two of them. Uh, I was on my '37 Indian that trip. The two of them rode down the main street of Sturgis. And somebody runs out and goes, oh, no, 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 no. I made them pull over and on oh, biker magazine. And I want to shoot both of you in the magazine. So they got all done up the next day and they did like a nine page spread on them. 
Meanwhile, with my 37, they didn't even give me a second look. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that was a double whammy that day. But that I was so proud of them, you know, because uh, they had made an agreement years before that they were both going to ride their bikes. And I had restored both of them, the 39 for Bonnie and the 39 uh, Harley 80 cubic inch for uh, my wife, Diva. That's awesome. So yeah, and they, they were kicking themselves the next day. It's like, geez, I wonder who did those bikes. Oh, it was that guy standing in the corner. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Got the bikes cleaned up for him with that. It was it was a good it was a good go. Hey, Sonny, can but, you yeah, wipe these down for us? Oh uh, yeah, well, no, that's uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but there was a bike. Uh, Bonnie get on that bike, all of 110 pounds of and she'd fire that thing up. Off they'd go, wow, both no. of them, right? That's nice. Yeah, yeah. We heard mm-hmm. about the kickstart. That's cool. Mom, both of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, my wife's so proud of herself because even on her Sturgis uh, last summer, the starter relay or something crapped out and the thing just went click, click, click. And she says, well, I watched my husband do this a hundred times and kicked it over yeah, once and it, there it went, man. Oh, Off it awesome. went. That she means proud home. of it. Yeah. so proud. Oh, well, I, I, I wasn't there. All <laughs> I said, well, I just knew. Dang, I was, I don't, my wife uh, drove uh, last, last year in New York City all the way on her uh, Sturgis. 600 miles one day in New York City and calls me, oh, I made it. I said, oh, that's good. No, no, no. Yeah. I don't want to actually drink my beer, but that was about it. You know? <laughs> what can you do? You can't hold their hands, right? That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, those are great, great, great stories. Why, man, I appreciate you sharing that with us, brother. Not a problem. Let's see. What else we got, uh, Richard? Well, let's see. I was looking in the chat. I didn't see anything in there. Kenny was in there poking around a little bit. All right. He's got a little snow. Yeah, he's had a little bit of snow. I had um I don't know, I had a little thought about racing. Are you into racing much at all, Wyman? Oh gosh. That's a whole different lifestyle for me, man. Yeah, I was racing um a flat track. Yeah, and I thought about it with the yeah, the, the bike you have for sale. That, well, see the guys in my shop were Doug and Dave Sale, and they were national champions where uh, Dave was. Yeah. So we had a full-blown flat track in Harley shop. Nice. In wow. Canada. Really? So we used to do Columbus, Ohio every year. We used to do, uh, oh, Jesus, what the one in Michigan the night before. But anyhow, we followed the, the flat tracking circuit. And I wasn't totally into the flat tracking because I couldn't afford it. But I got into drag racing and then ended up uh, building a top fuel dragster. So I was running that as far down as Tennessee. And down to the United States. And then from there, believe it or not, when I was building a bike in uh, in California, I, was, I had a bike in California. Anyhow, long story short, I ended up in Salt Flats with Alan Sputh and uh, was able to uh, do a couple runs on a single-cylinder Sportster, 117 miles an hour. Nice. Uh, so we wow. could go yeah so we could go into the triumph class the cc class uh-huh. right we just put they just put a plate on the on the um rear cylinder ellen built the bike and i had the chance to ride it and that was that was really fun yeah wow. so that you know i've done a little of this i did i did do some flat tracking i did do the dragster scene big time and uh and got to do some salt lake stuff and i've had That's some people cool. want to sponsor me to do um some solid stuff, but I know what it's like doing it up there. It's 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 fun, but it's boring and it's a long, long, it's a long ways day. from home. It's a long ways from home. Right. 
You so know. would you being on the salt lake, you know, that salt just eat your bike up. You have to replace all that. Crap. Oh, well, this is the thing is like um, a lot of the guys there with the cars have pressurized frames. So because you can't tell if the salt's been eating at your frame. And so the frames all of a sudden are pressure. So as soon as the pressure drops off, they know there's a crack in the frame. But yeah, it's uh, do not open your mouth at over 100 miles an hour on the salt flats. <laughs> I had salt stuck to my teeth. Pro tip. That was just, oh, because we had no front fender on the bike and the spray comes up. And when I got back, it was like I was looked like a little wood, you know, like a little <laughs> beaver, man. I was hacking this stuff off my teeth. And But yeah, the salt flats is a pretty fat fascinating place to go and when you're out there it's so lonely oh mm. yeah because they don't turn the lights on like because i wasn't going very fast the lights came on at the first or second mile or f- first mile to the second mile i can't remember yeah it was around there but then when it's all said and done you you stop the bike you're miles <laughs> from where you just left <laughs> and there's everybody's going you know they're driving down to pick you up and you just you gotta yeah, wait it's, it's kind of a, <laughs> it's yeah it's kind of bearing it's kind of a weird, you know, with the dragster, it's all bang, you know, and then yeah. you're right there, your tow truck's there to pull you back, the salt flats, and, you know, you're still, you're, you know, it doesn't seem like much, but when you're going down the salt flats and you stick your arms out mm-hmm. just a little bit, the RPM drops down, like, maybe 100 RPMs. Uh. You tuck them in, it just starts going back up. You shift your weight to the back of the bike, you get the wheel spin off again, and it starts going, so it's all in body language. Hmm. Wow. Trying to get the right, right angle thing, yeah. because that's the biggest problem. What people don't realize: a lot of guys showed up with funny cars, and then they figure, "Oh, you know, the funny car goes 265 miles an hour on the drag strip. I'll do 400 miles an hour." The only problem is, by the time they hit 200 some miles an hour, the car starts lifting up, and it just flips over hmm. because every uh, so many there's a formula: how many tons of air you're pushing ahead of you, mm-hmm. and if it gets under the car. Airborne. It just it just airborne over it goes yeah yeah so it's 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 quite the experience if you ever get a chance to go to uh, Wendover I highly recommend it so the surface is it floating well every every year is different and the, and the biggest Sorry. and the biggest problem is is that they're taking so much salt out of the salt flats that uh, the salt's not there and the water's not disappearing and some years there's no bottom though yeah because the track is underwater mm-hmm. or if it's heavy snowfall and it comes out of the mountains you know because it's just that's why it's the august of every year and it's not just august the thing is that people rent that track out for like ten thousand or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it right. is so you only have the general public only has like one week to do Soft to the salt flats and the rest of the time it's all private time right wow you know that you know and they'll rent you out and i was there there's teams from england and they're going oh no man you stay and we'll pay you like a hundred dollars a day or 150 dollars a day just to yeah get us water or help on the car or whatever right, right. yeah because it's like there's nobody out there hmm. wow yeah. interesting yeah pick up a little side job we're excited for a flat track this year now that you know indians yeah, back one. what's that no, I was just saying, yeah, we got the, the one coming up in April, April 1st in Charlotte. Yeah. Well, the season kicks off Thursday, the 16th. What size of track is it? Uh, Charlotte what is half mile. Half mile? Yeah. Yeah. But what I was going to say is the se- the season will start probably by the time this episode comes out on uh, the 16th of this month. 
So, and they're starting in Daytona this year with a TT style race instead of just a, an oval. So that'll be neat. Yeah, TTs are fun to watch. And because Rico is on an Indian and I'm on a Harley, it's just going to be good fodder for the show, I think, for the next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though they're all running Rotax motors. <laughs> so what do you think about that uh, new Milwaukee 8 uh, Harley? I, to tell you the truth, I can't comment because I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> What's yeah, that? He wants, he likes the old iron Rico. Come on. He likes the old right. We won't even go there. A shovel, a shovel head is a, a modern engine for him. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, the twin cams, this, that, the blast. It's just, it never stops. Water cooling, half the motors, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the new Milwaukee 8, you'll have to check it out. It's uh, four valve heads now. Oh, that's why they're calling it the eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I replaced yeah, the twin I, cam. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I heard something about that. I get the trade magazines all the time. Right. So I'm reading the stuff. Up, right. They went back to single cam as well. Looks like they got the crank together. Wow. They're really, well, they can finally get it together. <laughs> yeah. After all these years, the last year that they made an 80 cubic inch motor was 1939. And then they didn't reintroduce them again until 1979. And hmm. the only reason they did that was so they could get away with more EPA gases. Oh. You know, now Harley had four valve heads back in the teens. Hmm. Well, they did. All their flat trackers, all the board oh, racers were all four valve heads. Now it's a big thing that Harley's coming out with eight valve heads. It's just, mm, <laughs> it's money. It's money, money. It's all, they don't, the least you put in and the more you take out. And now they're having to shell out more to get this stuff on the road because EPA will shut them down. If it wasn't for Ronald Reagan, Harley Harley would have been out of business wow. because they let them, you know, put that um, thing on the Japanese and embargo tax on the, on the Japanese mm-hmm. and let Harley give them $10 million or $20 million in tax, you know, credits, you know, so the factory wouldn't go down. Wow. That was in 1980. Wow. Right? That was before, yep. you know, that Harley and the boys bought. Harley Davidson back. So there's, it's, I'm glad to see it. You know, yeah. you know, I don't know if I'd want to work on it, but, <laughs> but they should never yeah. break, right? right? <laughs> yeah. The real beauty is you have to lift up the gas tank to remove the spark plugs because <laughs> there's two, oh, two plugs. Well, is, is there, oh, is there, oh, yeah, okay. But, the, but, you know, put those 40,000 mile plugs in it, right? Right. Yeah. They'll have it figured out. Yeah. It's all money. Yeah. It's all money. Can't can't go out with it. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? But how come you guys don't have new Harleys? Well, Rich has been, you know, he's been on the fence about getting a new bike. Um, you know, he's 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 on the fence of a, a Japanese bike or new uh, was it road 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 king? Yeah, the new road king special. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the way to go. That's like my bike's a street glide. Yeah. Once you got rid of all that heavy weight, I know because all anybody that you see nowadays that you know, God forbid you get in trouble, you get in trouble with those big bikes. Oh, yeah, you're going down with the ship, man. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the problem. Is yeah, most of the guys that well, they you're going off the road, you think you can manhandle them back on the road, you just go out that road for a second, and there's no twisting the handlebars and throwing it back on the pavement. You're yeah, you're off in the boondocks, you're down. I know. Yep. Oh, yeah. Already. And you're tangled up with a lot of motorcycles. Yeah. You know, there's no throwing that thing away or jumping away from it. It's mm-hmm. chasing you. Yeah. 
That's those. That's why a lot of those bikes scare me. And some of the guys, the older people, that some of these salesmen are selling these bikes should be taken out, hung up, just oh. to make that sale. Yeah, husband and wife, they go out there. Oh yeah, you yeah. can get, you can drive one too, you know. And yeah. and you're just going, hey, stay away from me, people. You people are out of control. Mm. You know, the bikes are way too big for them, too heavy. People fall asleep on those bikes too, like literally fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, going down the road, and next thing you, they were not off, no. and yeah. you know, it's yeah. like and now they're pushing the trikes. I had a guy in my shop uh, had a stroke. I found out later. Uh, this is my responsibility, not my responsibility. The Harley delivered the custom trike to him. The next day, it wouldn't start. We went and picked it up, brought it back to the shop. Battery was dead. No problem. Guy comes in, jumps on the bike, starts driving. He's running right into a wall. I ran up beside the motorcycle. As soon as I saw him put his feet down, I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Shut the key off, and it shut it to a stop. Told the guy that dropped him off, we'll deliver the bike. This guy is unable to ride this motorcycle. Wow. And apparently, the guy told me the guy had a stroke the year before. He went into Harley's shop and they saw him the track and said, You'll be okay. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, How, like, come on, guys. Right. You know, and the guy, as soon as I saw him put his feet down, because those things will suck you off the motorcycle mm-hmm. if you get your feet under those strike oh, wheels. Yeah, like, oh. oh, no. It's like, it was. So that's why sometimes some of the stuff that's going on out there, mm-hmm. like those monster motorcycles, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. these things are like, yeah, they're weapons. You. I hear you. You know, this is not fun and games. People look at you like you don't have a front brake, and I was going, well, hey, I don't have 450 horsepower and, you know, <laughs> no brains to ride the bike, you right, know? Right, That's why, you know, when we're all kids and we rode motocross and we fell off, we yeah. started to learn yeah. how to do this. Well, nowadays, you go in these little riding safety courses, and they, they get the license on a 250. A lot of countries in the world and around the world, it's part of race part of weight ratio in japan you can't own them you can't buy a bike over 750 they just don't sell them yeah in europe if you weigh 140 pounds you can ride up to a 750 if you weigh 180 pounds you can ride a bigger bike Mm -hmm. but you know this part of weight ratio so some of the laws that are going along that are supposed to be right for us motorcycle people like not wearing a helmet until you're 18 how about not being able to own a motorcycle that'll do 200 miles an hour until you're 24? Right. Yeah. You right. know, I don't, I don't see anything and I don't think there's a motorcycle public are people that would complain about that. Right. I agree. You know, because none of us like to read in the newspaper that some young yeah, kid yeah. at Laconia came around a corner, ran into four old Harley bikers, yeah. which I happen to know. And the kid died Two of the guys that I know died mm. and yeah, what was all about the right. kid was all hyped up. He was at Laconia and just mm-hmm. yeah, shouldn't have been on that bike with that right. much horsepower. So yeah, yeah to go on to your point about that. Same thing happens, you know, in the United States here talking about that. You can go down to the store, down to the DMV, get a permit, go down to the dealership and buy a, you know, 1300 Hyabusa. Now you go riding, no training. That's just, you've never been on a bike before. You could go buy it. Yeah, like I said, one day class, and now you're on a 200 mile an hour bike. Yeah, nothing. No, there's yeah. no class. It's a test. Well, yeah. Well, you have to take the road test. No, you don't. 
To get a Which permit, you don't have to take oh, 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 to get a permit, oh, yeah, yeah oh, but not to get, to get a your permit. license. Yes. Permit, yeah. Your bit, yeah, your beginner's permit. Yeah, yeah. yeah you oh, get your gosh, beginner's, beginner's permit. You can go buy any bike you want. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, the only thing is that I've seen though, because with Progressive Insurance on their forms, they have written through in lighter ink, no choppers, no choppers, no choppers. And I know in Canada, they're if you're going to buy a Dakota. The Cotty Monster, you got to be a certain age. You got to be this. You got to be this and that. They're just not even going to insure you. Mm. We come back to that insurance thing. Mm. So as the insurance companies are taking a little bit more responsibility, well, they're paying the bills. You yeah, know, yeah. they're going, hey man, we're not into this program, right? Somebody, you know, taking out half the freaking neighborhood with his bike. <laughs> All right. Well, with, with that, I'd like to take a moment quickly to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. As you know, this is a, a direct support model that we employ here, and, and we basically follow in the value-for-value value model. If you're finding value from the show, then we appreciate a little value back in the form of a donation. But it's not just a donation. We have other perks that we give back as well. So check out loudpipes.net slash donate for all the information on that. And let's thank our first five riders. That would be Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Barbershop rider Chuck. And the writers group, Steve, Mike, Micah, Jim, and Kenny. And we have a new insider. John, do you remember the name? It's Darren Heiderman. Darren Heiderman. Okay. If we don't have that right, we'll correct it on the next go around. But welcome to the insiders group. And like we said, loudpipes.net slash donate is the place to be if you want to check out all the perks we have to offer. For all of your show merchandise, head over to loudpipes.net slash store. Give John something to do this weekend. Other than waxing his can-am, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Additional information for this episode, including links and many images of all the beautiful rides that Wyman has put together over the years, can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 79. We also have links there to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, which is the best way to stay up to date, and follow us on social media. Mr. Hogan? Shabila. Yeah, baby. Johnny John? Uh. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wyman, thanks again. Appreciate your time. Okay. Great. If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loud Pipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Even $1 goes a long way, and we truly appreciate your support. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the Riders of Loud Pipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. You want free swag? Select the barbershop level, and we'll send you a free t-shirt and an annual swag bag. Loudpipes.net slash donate.